Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the king of drugs. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, Jordan. We have a very special Jordan, Jesse, go planned. Usually, you, and we, ju- we just said this. This just happened before, before you started listening, listener. We said, Jesse and I said to the guests, we're going to talk a little, and then we're going to introduce you. Fuck it. It's a special day. Let's introduce the guests. Let's do the thing we're going to do, and then we'll start talking. Our guests on the program are the co-hosts of the Weed and Grub podcasts, Mike Glazer and Mary Jane Gibson. Um, a joy to have the both of you here. Congratulations on your first name, Mary Jane. Um, Mike, I Has mean, anybody ever pointed too. that out? That you, has, I, if, are we the first ones? If we don't, if we don't say something now, it's going to be like uh, the story of the the aging diva and the young ingenue, and sure. the ingenue's upstaging the diva, and the diva says, "I can upstage you without even being on stage." Right. And the man inside the room who was dead was Superman. When she and the exits, rock was kryptonite. <laughs> When she exits, stabbed. she puts she puts half of the half of the wine glass on the table and half off. It's going to be the half on half on half on half off wine glass. We don't acknowledge it. We've acknowledged it. We can move on. Right? Is it well, your real name? It is an old family name. <laughs> I have I have taken the full spoonful of soup and I have swallowed it. You no longer need to watch me holding a suspended spoonful of soup. Great. Thank you very much. <laughs> How's Appreciate that soup? it. <laughs> it's a good Wait. upstaging move, you know. Right. <laughs> Why did you bring that gun to the first act of this podcast? <laughs> oh, Mr. Chekhov would have something to say about when that gun should go off. By gun, do you mean bong? <laughs> thank you, thank you. So this is a special holiday edition. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't traditionally do holiday no. I mean granted on most shows we discuss whether our guests are Halloween dads or not mm-hmm. um, but other than that and our annual celebration of anal August yes we don't follow the calendar strictly fuck it fuck yeah. those Gregorians it's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking sick <laughs> you guys want to say the same thing over and over yeah anyway but we 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 realized we had an episode coming out on 420. We've been wanting to have Weed and Grub on the show. When when better? We we wanted to make them feel tokenized. Yeah. Um, Get it? Yeah. Oh, token. Oh, yeah. this Very is nice. this guys. This is going great. Yeah. Uh, but we thought because great it's, news, we're Tommy Chong now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Chong, 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 Chong. Uh, it's a special day. We have special friends here. We thought we would start the show by by sampling an edible provided by the weed experts at, at Weed and Grub. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. You're experts in both. Weed, a, 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 a grub that contains weed. We will all try and then see how it affects the show moving forward. Will the show be better? It can't get any worse. Yeah, I think that's that's really what we're relying on here. Um, if you I want may... to fast forward to the first ad, feel free. Yeah, the, the vibe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what what did you what what did you bring? Well, in honor of the high holiday, we have yes. options. Lahai, um, to, to everyone. <laughs> uh, we have various doses of various flavors of various things. Mm-hmm. I think, Mike, you're holding a... Uh... Yeah, would you like me to go first? Yeah. So we have some Petra cannabis-infused mints that mm. have two milligrams of THC to one milligram of CBD. Very low dose. Okay. We also have some Camino sour candies that are 10 milligrams each, which is a... Uh, Higher dose. Sure. (laughs) Ten is more than two. (laughs) You know your shit, man. Yeah, dude. And we also have some Hervé cannabis-infused French macarons. Whoa. Hold on. Which are 10 milligrams of THC each. But you could just have a little bite if that's, you know, you can can share one. And then also just because uh, April 19th, the 420 Eve, is Bicycle Day, which celebrates psychedelics, we also have some microdose mushroom capsules for you. Whoa. Oh, oh no. wow. Okay. Um, who boy. Okay, well, Jesse, where are you leaning? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open by saying... Do the shrooms or we're going to call you a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I this saw, is my bully voice. I hold the mic. <laughs> I saw that Mike was holding the mints and the gummies. Mm-hmm. And those are brands with which I am familiar. Sure. Of course, the audience, you guys don't know this. The audience at home knows that I'm the king of drugs, mm-hmm. uh, having occasionally eaten drugs for over three years. Um, and those are the <laughs> brands with which I'm familiar. When I went to the weed store near my house that our friend Jenny Chardin recommended I go to, uh, they gave me those. I've been a loyal customer ever since. Uh, and so like the blue one that Mike is holding, the mint. Yes. This is a more, this one doesn't make you as high. It makes you a little more sleepier. Uh, that one has more CBD type stuff in it. Yeah, the low dose, a little low key, very low energy. But I don't think the Camino ones that I have have ten milligrams of THC. These are like these are like superpower well, ones. Funny you mentioned that because I didn't read the label, but it says now with higher dose. Not for wieners. <laughs> Just for today. Uh, here's where I'm. Here's why I'm leaning. Yeah. Does someone want to split a macaroon with me? How much is in the macaroons? They are 10 milligrams each, and I'll, they are delicious. I'll absolutely split a macaroon with you. Let's absolutely. You have to it. go for it. That okay. is real what, there's, they're red, white, and blue. Of course, these would be the colors of the French flag. <laughs> Correct. Because <laughs> they're macaroons. <laughs> Vive la France. What's, what color do you want to go with, Jordan? Uh, let's do the blue. Oh, yeah, that seems like the let's right choice. Let's do the bluey. Right? Um, do y'all have, like... Favorite edibles as kind of like experts in this stuff. Do you have like all time faves? Please. I mean, we're super fortunate to have a lot of friends who make home infused edibles. And that is my absolute favorite is, you know, like a banana pudding cake that, uh, you know, just contains a smack you in the face amount of weed to put you on the couch. (laughs) I love the couch. I love the couch. Um, yeah, I guess I'm when I'm and I'm having this mac mac. I'm not gonna try and say it. I'm gonna say macaroon USA <laughs> macaroon. Uh, this meth grune is really tasty. The the weedness is subtle. I don't know if if the goal these days is to hide the weed flavor or if that's you know for casuals. But I do like it when an edible hides the weed flavor, and this is doing a great job. I understand that Mary Jane, particularly for you as a longtime marijuana journalist. Um, that you may have strong feelings about this, but uh, to me, it tastes like uh, you know how they call it grass. Mm-hmm. That's what it tastes like when right. you eat it. It's like you're a cow eating grass, um, maybe a stinky grass. Um, and so, f- to me, I like the t- the taste of candy mm-hmm. <laughs> more than I like the taste of stinky grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, the idea behind it, so we've kind of come full circle in the things tasting like weed experience with edibles that you can buy at the dispensary. Because for a long time, people, you know, just had the pop brownies and the goo balls that you could get when you were tailgating at a Grateful Dead concert. And (laughs) that definitely was going to taste like weed or hash. And then this whole new era came where the concentrates were available and you could infuse things with distillate, which actually has no taste. And then you had all the gummies and everything that had really no weed flavor. But then the sort of like craft cannabis revolution happened when legalization took hold. And people were like, you know, I really miss that old school taste. I miss the like full spectrum infusion. And so now when you go to the dispensary, you can actually ask for something that's infused with live rosin, for instance, which will give you that kind of weedy taste. And you know what's nice to me Mm -hmm. is if you get a really good one, the kind where they're wearing the sleeve garters and everything, you can (laughs) ask them for something with non-weed and they'll make something really special for you. Sure, yeah. Like if you're you're not toking that night, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, this is this concept is interesting. And well, I, Jordan, yeah. I just want to interrupt and say, sure. is my mouth as blue as your mouth is? <laughs> <laughs> they are so blue. Oh man! <laughs> Wait, did we, did we, we, I had some gushers before we came in. That's pro- <laughs> it's probably what you're seeing is the gushers. Lickum sticks could never. Like yeah. the amount of blue that your tongue is, your tongue is so intensely, vibrantly blue right now. It's a Cookie Monster vibe. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jordan ate Cookie hey, Monster. See, is for Cookie. That's good enough for me. Or Right. Too many mushrooms, and then <laughs> sure. On, on that note, would you, so that we're all on the same, want to split a macaron with me and go red tongue? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, blues versus red. It's Fun. a face-off. Are, yeah. you, are you a bite? Podcasts or are you a competitions. Snap? I'm a, I'm a whatever you want to do and hand me the rest. Okay. I'm 
so high right now, you guys. <laughs> oh, I ate that macaron four minutes ago, and I had this dream that I was on a podcast that had no reason to exist. <laughs> oh, dude, you were baked. Yeah. Uh, MJ, it was interesting to hear you talk about the the like the nostalgia for like a pre legalized weed. I feel like I would go to a dispensary that had a pre-legalized weed weed aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like mm. I want I want to go back to the to the era of Dr. Bonglode's Blazatorium where mm-hmm. Everything has an alien that's wearing a cat in the hat hat. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do, like, when growing up, we grew up in the, you know, at the height of that, like, 90s weed aesthetic. Yeah. Black light poster. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I think I found that obnoxious at the time, but now I miss it. I do miss it. That stuff is charming. Anyway, I just want to, like. I'll, I'll just, I'll say this. Um, I don't. <laughs> Come on. You don't want a, you know, a bear giving the peace sign coming out of a VW? I'm from San Francisco and I don't need any more of that in my life forever. <laughs> well, there was a weird thing that happened like right around 2013 or 2014 when some of the the first days had come on, sort of online Colorado and Washington and the PR firms started arriving on the scene and they were like we're going to veer away from stoner culture and we're going to get out of this sort of like basement aesthetic and and make it available to everyone. We really want to invite everyone to feel like you can walk into the store and not worry that you know something terrible is going to happen to you, but it's the wrong move to veer away from stoner culture. Like stoner culture is why we have this incredible legal market that we have nowadays. So I, my favorite thing is when a place manages to strike the balance where they're paying homage to the, you know, what came before. Like so many of the places in San Francisco, I feel like are doing a great job of sort of saying, you know, these are our roots. And also we have nice, bright, clean glass display cases where you can, you know, get someone to help you. with My something. experience here in <laughs> yeah. Los Angeles is that there are two primary aesthetics. Mm-hmm. One is, what if a pharmacy was also an Apple store? Mm-hmm. And one is, what if Kobe Bryant was best friends with Bob Marley? <laughs> <laughs> Could I add something to that? Yeah. And what if everyone who works there doesn't know much? <laughs> <laughs> and their names are like Indica. Sure. <laughs> um I um I feel like all these places should pay homage to what came before. Like everyone needs at least just like a framed magic eye poster and then do whatever the fuck <laughs> else you want to but put the magic eye poster there as a sign of respect. Absolutely. As somebody who uh agrees with growing up and working at Spencer's Gifts as one of my first summer jobs. Oh, no way. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. And loving Limp Bizkit. And <laughs> wow. I, I just, yeah, I really, um, I feel for those days. I, I you skipped right that. past Cypress Hill into Limp Bizkit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I did. That's so funny. You're that's, like, for oh. old, that's for old fogies. <laughs> They're not breaking anything. Uh, I want to break stuff. Were you, uh, were you an insane uh, clown posse fan? Loved the ICP. Really? I mean, oh, my gosh. Grew up in St. Louis and had uh, a lot of friends from Detroit, so we used to go to see ICP concerts quite a bit. Um, but there were no Limp Biscuit, as we can all agree. How do you feel about Limp Biscuit now in 2023? And uh, keep in mind, this is a very judgmental zone. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about them now, but what I do know is I saw Fred Durst do a jazz night somewhere on Hollywood Boulevard. Has anyone here heard of those? I okay. have heard of these. I'm interested to hear about Fred Durst and his jazz night. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, can we hear about Fred Durst's jazz night? <laughs> can I ask you a question? Sure, um, please. Uh, if you could tell us about one jazz night, <laughs> any one jazz night that you've... Question, and... Mike, why'd you say that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's working. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He was, he was, he loves jazz. Put on a whole night of it. It was pretty wild. Does he play the jazz? Um, he stands up there and snaps. But everyone around him is quite talented. Okay. Yeah. So he li- does he rap? N- no, thankfully. I think he like as it has a real actual deep appreciation, like a Goldblum piano evening, but with Fred Dur- Durst right. and jazz. I mean, I could see if I was going to imagine it inside my head, which I am right now, 
Uh, I would say that I could see him. I would have presumed that would have been like him, some of the cool L.A. jazz people, Kamasi Washington or whatever. And then like he's a big fan of the Freestyle Fellowship and they're friends with Kamasi Washington. And that's how it all because like remember when the guy from uh, not uh, Lincoln Park. The guy from Linkin Park, the rapper from Linkin Park, made a whole rap album, and it was all just like him and DJ Premier and Black Thought. Yes, I think it was Shinoba. Yeah, Shinobi. Yeah. That's his name, Mike Mike Shinoda. Yes, does that sound right? That does sound right. Shinoda. Yeah, I think so. I li- I remember listening to it and being like, "Well, this is like when when Shaq did this." <laughs> Um, Shaq also, I don't think his ever came out, but like there's like Shaq singles around with him in common and black thought on them. But like that's what I would imagine you would get from Fred Durst. But is this more like when the guy who created the family guy sings big band? (laughs) (laughs) This is a judgmental zone. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, I'm not familiar with the jazz artists you just mentioned, but they sound talented based on yeah, these are like known. LA has like a scene of pretty famous right now, like a pretty famous internationally famous jazz scene. Wow, I had no clue. Yeah, well, of like cool jazz people who are cool. I wonder if he inserted himself into the cool jazz scene and then because I know nothing about jazz, I truly went because I heard the sentence Fred Durst. Right. Jazz sure. right. And so now, anyone would, Mike. Anyone okay, would. I, <laughs> I might leave. <laughs> I don't know if it started yet, but I might leave here in hopes that I could catch it. Yeah, it it, it was wild. I, I don't know anything about jazz, but I do know whatever they were doing up there sounded impressive. Honestly, can I say this? I would leave Jeff Goldblum's jazz night <laughs> right. if I heard about Fred <laughs> Goldblum's <Stop>. running long. <laughs> did, would the the people in the crowd was it? Did it seem like it was Limp Biscuit fans, or did it seem like jazz bows? Um, the jazz bows were all sitting in the front. Okay, and all of us uh, limp heads, limp heads, <laughs> sure. limp dicks, limp dicks, <laughs> were. We're in the back trying to be cool and act like we were there for jazz. Yeah. Fred who, you said? Right. <laughs> oh, he must. Oh, he's he's in those long khaki shorts. Okay. Sure. You weren't so. just like in the back throwing eggs at Tila Tequila or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tila. I know. Imagine those jazz bugs. She, so she just wants to play the goddamn vibraphone. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is she bad now? Anyway, she might be. I think she was always bad, yeah. Hard yeah. to say, right? Anyway, I don't know for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you all want to, if we can all go sometime to see Fred Durst, so it'd when be great. when you say Mike, like, does he literally just stand up there with the musicians and just kind of hang out and snap? Y- yes, like an MC. He doesn't pick up an instrument. He's not. I expected him to start scatting or doing any or like play a couple of Limp Bizkit hits, but with a jazz bend to it. None That's of it. what I would expect. Yeah, I would expect, like, yeah, break stuff, but sure. razzle-dazzle. And uh, <laughs> instead, he just went up there, and he's like, give it up, and then he'd let some uh, saxophone player just go off on a solo, and then everyone would chime right in with their drums and so on. It was pretty Okay, wild. important question, and I don't know which way I'm predicting on the answer to this question, but are these, like, super talented 24-year-olds that just got out of the Berkeley School of Music? Or are these, like, 78-year-old legends? <laughs> Legend, I do not know, but 78, okay. yes. Oh, wow. Yes. That, that's truly amazing. Yeah, and because... Um, and this was at a Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where does this... Where yeah. do you go? <laughs> Israel Adesanya was playing in the background on mute. It was a great UFC fight. Um, no, it, after the... Afterwards, because I was... I was pretty high and pretty drunk on whiskey by then. My friend Brian and I tried to sneak backstage to meet them, and security blocked us, and Fred Durst dove out the back door and into a waiting car and sped away. Like, it was very ominous and very interesting. I have a a follow-up question about Fred Durst, and I I ask you this primarily because you're obviously a top expert in the field. (laughs) Um, Does he still direct movies or something? He did? Yeah, I think he was directing yeah. films at one point. I don't have a I don't I don't I don't know the man's IMDb, but yeah, that is a Fred Durst fact you will hear is that like he'll someone will name three movies that you've kind of heard of and then blow your mind by saying they were directed by like Fred Durst. So yeah, like 
Remember the Titans or something like that. Yeah. A movie you've heard of but maybe not seen. Yeah. Uh, the one where Ashton Kutcher takes a pill that makes him super smart. Sure. Is that a movie? Uh, oh, gosh. That's Limitless? Limitless. You're thinking of Limitless, and I believe it's that Bradley is Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Bradley Cooper. It's Bradley Cooper. Great movie. Oh, so good. I remember one thing about that movie in that, like, the drug is in his blood, and he bleeds on the carpet and then needs the drug, so he, like, sucks the blood off the carpet. Anyway. Wow. Fred Durst directed that. <laughs> he didn't. That I was just, his idea. I He's like, Bradley, why don't you suck on the carpet for a little bit? I just want to get a quick shot. I IMDb'd it. It's directed by Mike Shinoda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With the RZA. Mm. Co-directed by the RZA. Holy cow. Uh, MJ, I wanted to ask you about a, um, a an Instagram project you have, which is uh, making a sandwich while talking about something controversial but then, can you explain this project and what yes. you get the most shit for? Yes, absolutely. I uh, have an Instagram called, well, the handle is It's the Mayo for Me. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to get Make Me a Sandwich as the handle, but evidently that is a flagged term. It's a hate, it's hate speech, Make sure. Me a Sandwich. I didn't know this. It all came from, I, I wrote an article, like an op-ed about sexism in the cannabis industry that was published on High Times, and then they posted an Instagram post about it, and the comments about sexism in the cannabis industry were all like, it's a myth, shut up, you dumb bitch, and make me a sandwich. <laughs> and I was like, what? I had no idea that this was a, a, a an insult that was bandied about to banish women to the kitchen and, you know, that that it was a, an internet meme and all this kind of sure. stuff. So Shouldn't sandwiches be something that can bring us together? They, I don't like the idea of them. Yeah, just as they bring together our grains, mm. meats, mm. and veg. Mm. The perfect so food. <laughs> it, it was it was so crazy to me. So I, I sort of started interacting with some of the commenters and I was like, oh, my God, dude, I'm so sorry. You don't know how to make a sandwich. That is nuts. And then, of course, that just set them off. Like, not the, I want you to. I can. I can. I shouldn't have to make. I I, you should make. And I but I could. Yeah. You're. Dumb job. I can buy the sandwich. Make a sandwich. So like, oh, sorry, say that again. I'm Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> Your vagina makes sandwiches. Oh, wait, what? And oh, then I was sick like, burn. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, was like, I didn't know sandwich impotence was a thing. I'm so sorry. Let me right. let me you right. know start up my whole thing and make sandwiches and you know talk about sexism and misogyny and. Um, it's been a blast because the bros, the algo is driving the bros to me and the bros are losing their shit. I get the impression from uh, enjoying these stories, which I do. Thank you. That there are people getting mad about the political content, but then people getting mad that you're making the sandwich wrong. Yes. <laughs> people are very upset like about the sandwich. people who are anti, you know stone ground mustard or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the most controversial sandwiches was an open-faced sandwich, which I made in honor of Seth Rogen saying that he and his wife had chosen not to have children and um, how great that was, that it was a choice that you're able to make, of course, in the face of everything that's going on right now. And um, I made a delicious sandwich on country bread with ricotta and um, baby lettuces and some prosciutto and put it on an open-faced sandwich in honor of open hearts and open minds. And That's um, beautiful. It's a really beautiful, you know, a really I, beautiful image. I try to reflect the message in the sandwich. Sure. And, um, <laughs> the sandwich you know is what? the message. Yes. It's a little cheesy, but appropriately so. Mm-hmm. I try to be a little bit cheesy because that seems to be what works. Sure. <laughs> it's a nice fa- it's a nice fat to it, add to the sandwich. You get a little dairy fat in there. Right. It's good. Yeah, yeah. You good. know, I, I made a I made a steak trump, a, a steak trump. I made a, a, a steak sandwich about a pussy grabbing, you know. I, I try uh, and sort of, you know, do that. I, I made a Marvel sandwich today and someone was really mad that I didn't actually use Brie, you know. Uh, well, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's was, actually a strike. It was, yeah. That's a tough one. I missed on that one. Sure. I whiffed. But uh, yeah, evidently an open face sandwich was just, you know, too much for some people. They couldn't take it. Was I, it that they felt it was not a, uh, really a sandwich because it was not closed? That's right. It was not. I can a understand that feeling. I was like, "What about the all the other stuff, though?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. like, "Well, is toast a sandwich?" <laughs> also, misogyny is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were like, "What do you call avocado toast?" And I said, "Delicious." Yeah, my avocado toast is nice. Good work, millennials. <laughs> <laughs> I do like brie on a sandwich. I like it in like in place of a condiment. You kind of spread it on there. Anyway, it's great it's with nice. a turkey sandwich. A little cranberry relish. Delish. Can kidding. I ask you a question? This is important to me. Do you make, to me, 
So I, I was on the, the website reddit.com recently, mm-hmm. and there was some people complaining about people who go out to eat and buy a sandwich. Okay. And the reason was, why would you buy a sandwich? You can make that at home. And to me, I am not someone who'd make sandwiches at home, but I would buy a sandwich out. And the reason is that I feel like I would I have to have such a high rotation of sandwich ingredients at my house right. to keep quality fresh sand. Like I would have to be eating a sandwich or two a day to feel like I was eating all the bread. Uh, having enough different stuff, always having fresh lettuce and tomatoes around, like all those different things. Like even as a person who cooks, to me, a sandwich is a top thing to go out for because they're going to have that day's bread right there. They're going to have all the different crap and it's all going to be available to them. I freeze my bread. Okay. I keep... You're a bread freezer. I'm a bread freezer. I keep a lot of stuff frozen. I learned a lot... Uh, from living on a boat for a long time. Sure, I think we all learned a lot. From <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we can all, move on. Yeah, yeah, we all we all lived on a boat for a few years in college. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. We were all curious about <laughs> boat life. Yeah, it teaches you things. Oh wait, I had one more joke. Test the yeah, waters. Sure. You got to yeah, test the waters. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got to test the waters. Appreciate that, Mike. Where did you live on a boat? Where did was the boat? I mean, in the sea. The boat was in the sea, right? Yeah, the boat could have been in a lake. In the ocean. In Alaska, I worked on a salmon boat for four seasons. And uh, wait, you actually did that thing that everyone in high school is claiming that they're going to do instead of going to college? I did. Holy did you do mackerel. it in? I mean, I, we do know. Well, holy salmon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Before Jesse said that, Mike pointed at him. <laughs> He's like, go, you go, you go. <laughs> Was it like between high school and college? No, it was after I graduated from theater school and then I'd lived abroad for a while and I had my heart terribly broken, crushed, and my sister is a salmon or a fisheries biologist and she was Your like sister's a salmon. <laughs> Come upstream with me. <laughs> my dad was a salmon too. Who sure. knew, you know? Yeah. Uh, my grandmother was a shrimp. Yeah. Um my my salmon sister said uh, best thing for a broken heart is to go to sea, and she got me a job with her friends who were commercial fisher folk, and they took me to sea, and I came back with uh, $10,000 in my bank account and a fully healed heart, and I did wow. it for four years. See, my friend, uh, I was just in New Orleans at my friend Pete's wedding, and Pete uh, has always had a kind of uh, high plains drifter lifestyle, and he always would claim that he was going to do that. And the reason was that you come home with $10,000. Now, he did have a period where he was a literal hobo. So he did ride the rails for a while, wow. which you really can do as long as you don't mind that you're likely to be killed by a train. Um, however, he never did make it onto the boat. And I'm I'm astonished. Like, I can't think of a of a bigger claim that people who are recently out of college make or people who are deciding who are taking a year off from college mm-hmm. that lasts indefinitely um that you that that has never been delivered upon that you have delivered upon so hard uh this having gone on so you did four seasons four seasons how long is the season 3 months yep june through september holy moly i had big muscles I, had, I got a cool muscle from cutting up so much fish that, you know, when those, like, when you play bass professionally and you get that, like, weird big fat muscle from your bass hand being so dexterous. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, yeah. we've all lived on a boat. <laughs> and we, I mean, Fred Durst knows. And we were all yeah. in Earth, Wind, and Fire for a brief period. <laughs> no, for real, I'm glad I got the Fred Durst thing out early. Hard to follow uh, this if I had yeah. brought it out afterwards. <laughs> and you're like, hold on. I've seen Fred Durst's jazz night. Sure, you had a, the adventure of a lifetime. How do you feel about fish now? Do, do you eat more fish? Are you grossed out by them? Or yeah, how, what? How does this change your relationship to fish? I love eating fresh salmon whenever I can get it. I don't order it in restaurants very often. I don't eat farmed salmon, but wild salmon whenever I can get it is yeah one of my favorite things to eat for sure. You want to be able to work that muscle and give it the old slice of Rooney yourself. I do. Wait, yeah. what is it like to fillet a fish on a boat? That's moving. I've only ever filleted fish at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> also delicious. Like a once a year, once a year treat for me. It was an O fish though, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just to clarify. 
Um, what is it like to cut a fish when you're underway? We generally don't cut anything when you're underway. You keep your knives stowed. Yeah, come on. When man. the boat's moving, <laughs> I forgot. I just forgot. You gotta keep. You gotta Wait, stow those knives. So you don't yeah. eat the fishes on the the boat is out to sea the whole three months, right? That's part of the thing. Yeah. So the fishing fleet is out fishing the whole time, and the boat that I worked on was uh, salmon tender. So we would go into the cannery, we would pick up fresh ice, we would go out to the fleet, we would give them fresh ice, we would buy their fish from them, we would pack the fish in these big totes, weigh it, write them fish tickets, cut them a check, and then go back in. So we were the the tender, the go between fish tickets. Mm-hmm. God, I know I was completely fixated on the phrase. <laughs> A hundred thousand percent. That's an ASMR equality, doesn't it? Fish tickets. Fish tickets. tickets. On our podcast, Mary Jane gets DMs like, will you say this string of words (laughs) together in a sentence on the podcast? What strings of words? Mary Jane, will you say my voice is my password? (laughs) Verify me. Uh, wait, what strings of words? If this is an unpleasant topic, I'm. We can move on. But what strings of words do people want to hear? Condiments. Ah, sure, sure. You know, people who know you from the, your sandwich pe- work. People who want to hear food words, I guess, when they're high and they just want to think about snacks. <laughs> yep, there it is. Um, She's selling it right now. <laughs> whole grain mustard. Oh yeah. So you guys want to like take a minute. Think about some snacks and then come back for some more. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Uh, Jordan Morris, boy, detective. Jordan, first of all, our thanks to every member of Maximum Fun. The members of Maximum Fun who go to MaximumFun.org slash join are the ones who make this program possible. We are also supported this week, appropriately so, by the good folks at Lumi Labs. Ah, yes. Uh, the ones behind the hot website, microdose.com. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you're hot and horny for microdosing, <laughs> it's in your area. Check out, or Lumi it can Labs. be. It can be in your area soon. Uh, look, it's it's the week of April twentieth. We're all celebrating our doses, whether they be macro or micro. Both are available from Lumi Labs, but Lumi Labs, of course, specializes in giving you just enough to uh, take the edge off your day, or go to sleep easily, or relax on the sofa while you watch a show, uh, wind down chill out, that kind of thing. Microdose gummies deliver the perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Uh, Yes, uh, edibles can be unpredictable. But with uh, Microdose.com and Lumi Labs, you know that you're getting just a little whisper, an angel's kiss. Uh, Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com. Use code JJGO to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com, code JJGO. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the king of drugs. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Glazer, limp dick. Mary Jane <laughs> Gibson, salmon slayer. Oh, limp dick and salmon slayer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, let me tell you a tale about the limp dick and salmon slayer. Let me tell you that. So, Mary Jane, would you go back and forth? <laughs> I love that. Would you go back and forth? Would your boat go back and forth from the... The f- boats that were fishing, or were, were what were you in between? Um, what were we in between? We were. Uh, well, you were in between the dock and the boat once. I was in between the dock mm-hmm. and the boat when I went overboard. That was a bad oh, move boy. on my Ooh, part. Seems like the worst place to go. It was the worst place to go. I could have been popped like a grape. But I luckily, guess maybe in between a shark and a shark would be bad. That wouldn't be great. Yeah, or yeah, for sure. I I definitely was lucky enough to get hauled out like a like a just a sea lion, you know, into a skiff and uh, Just and the same way you would haul out a sea lion. <laughs> Let's say you were in a skiff and you right. saw a sea lion. <laughs> haul him out. <laughs> Put her in the skiff. Put her in the skiff. 
Um, I uh, enjoyed my macaroon. I'm not feeling super stony. And while we were taking the break, my instinct was like, hey, I'll have another half. No, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's always when shit gets fucked up. That's that's the mistake. That's the classic error. Yeah. Land war in Asia. Have the second half because you're not feeling the stone yet. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Low and slow. Wait, what is, movie is that from? That's going to drive me crazy. Princess Bride. Princess yes, Princess thank you Bride. very much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Mike, have you you just worked at the Spencer's Gift. Yeah. <laughs> and an Emo's Pizza. Oh, okay. In St. Louis, yeah. I, uh, I now, what do... happened when you went overboard at Spencer's? <laughs> <laughs> they they tied a bunch of slippers together and pulled me out. That was yeah. really sure. nice of them to do. Oh, and two T-shirts that said corn on them. That was uh-huh. pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, a good, that's an important question, Mike. As a former Limp Biscuit partisan, how do you feel about corn? Loved them before Limp Biscuit. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have me on my heels because I'm trying to rack my brain about one of the first concerts I went to, and it was Limp Biscuit, Corn, Rammstein. If anyone here remembers, sure. Sure. Host. Do Host. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, they had flamethrowers, and he pulled out a dildo and sprayed the crowd as the um, final song came to an end. What with? <laughs> Great. What with did he spray? <laughs> Great. But <laughs> Rammstein was performing their noteworthy concerto. Forth from his what? dildo. What came? What with? Well, uh, it was semen. Uh, um, oh, um, dildo. Uh, sure, yeah, it's gotta gotta go off by the encore. <laughs> oh, but what was the name of that? Concert. It was. It was all the the greatest the greatest uh, mosh pit bands. Of was the this time. an Oz fest? Oh, it was like close to an Oz fest, but but no, but yes, okay. that kind of a vibe. I used to love moshing a lot. Sure, a lot, uh, a lot of stitches in Slipknot mosh pits, a lot of things like that, and then um, you know. You, you eventually stop. Sure. I remember this might have been when, Jordan, this this might have been uh, when we were RAs together. But mm-hmm. I remember watching the MTV Video Music Awards one year. And uh, Slipknot came in the most elaborate outfits. And I just found it immensely charming. Like it involved white tuxedos, but also splashes of blood and some other things. Yes. And I, yeah, I don't know much about this world of music, but I I get the impression that like of that of that era, yeah, Slipknot are kind of the like respectable ones who kind of like made it out, and you're like, yeah, they 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 were doing good work. Let me ask you this: Is it possible? And we'll turn to Mike for this. I sure. mean, he's more of a jazz guy, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, is it possible that we think that mm-hmm. simply because we've talked to Brian Stack about the Slipnuts? Oh, sure, yeah. And the time the that famous, the Slipnuts uh, opened the for Slipknot. Um, that could be. That could be coloring. My feeling. I think Brian told me that he was legitimately worried about his own safety. Sure, I would be. People were so angry at them mm-hmm. for opening for Slipknot. I could only imagine the amount of full beers being thrown yeah. on stage. This was a anti-comedy bit that happened on Conan, where two, where four of the Conan writers put on little bow ties and were these Slipknots, and they slipped on a handful of nuts. They sang a song that they said, "We're the Slipknots. We're slipping on nuts." Yes. <laughs> And then Oops, I fell down. I slipped on some. And nuts. then Slipknot liked that, so asked them to open, and it didn't go well. I no, think the, it was really the intense Cliff Notes and version scary. Of that story. Yeah. Really intense. If you can imagine, scary. Mary Jane, you love Slipknot, and the lights go black <laughs> on the stage, <laughs> and then four yeah. doofuses from Conan dressed mm-hmm. in barbershop quartet outfits, <laughs> strewing nuts on the floor, come out. <laughs> It's not even the the masturbating bear they could get behind. Sure. <laughs> Shuverine. <laughs> well, I'm wow. sure this is going to go great. I have a little act. It's called Momstein. <laughs> what I do is I dress up like a German mommy and I spray everyone with cum. Why don't you get married and give me a grandchild? You're looking so skinny. Eat this cum. <laughs> Just Momstein. Just being thrown at you nonstop. Boo. Yay. Was this your great musical passion, Mike? 
They were I, they were like the, I I loved I loved um, hard fast and then it turns out that um, I know nothing about music or how to play music but everyone says like oh Slipknot is actually like very talented musicians and their their drummer uh, Jordy who I think passed away so R I P to him but like was one of the greatest drummers of all time technically so it turns out like a lot of these people that I just like to bump bodies to actually were very talented musicians. What was really incredible, I I heard about Jordy is that even though he was blind, he had inc- he used that device for extraordinary sensory You're perception. You're thinking of Sequest. <laughs> okay, thank you. About the dog from Sequest. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, macarons rock. Can we all agree? These are, these like, are great. <laughs> macarons. Mike, Macaron. Mike, at what point in your life did you give up uh, getting stitches, body slamming into people. Um, I'm trying to think of, oh, you know what happened? Oh, I'm so ashamed to say it. I started smoking uh, opium, and I started falling in love with Dave Matthews' band. Mm. I turned into a mm. Dave Matthews guy. Look, again, this is a tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to explain to us about living on a boat or smoking <laughs> opium <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Red, red opium and black opium. Because the beauty of opium is when you're done with all of your weed and all of your keef, you can roll the sticky opium in your grinder, pick up the rest of that keef from the from the weed, and then smoke that. <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> Isn't that gorgeous? Right when the violin solo hits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> uh, hey, if you're out there and you discovered the joys of Dave Matthews Band while on opium, give us a call. 206-9844-5. It's a momentous occasion. Let's, People call, and we listen to them. Let's hear a momentous occasion now. Hi, this is Harrison from Hotchkiss, Colorado, uh, calling in with a momentous occasion. I just saw a uh, teen walking around in a Run DMC uh, hooded sweatshirt carrying a sword by his side. Anyways, bye. Yeah, that was Mike when he was working at Spencer's Kids. <laughs> yeah. Was he also wearing an eye patch? And... <laughs> yeah, holding a lava lamp, right? It's nice to know that teens can still get into swords. Yeah, and run DMC t-shirts. There you go. It's a classic t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a, one of those things where just like it's the t-shirt design got popular and maybe the kids don't Oh, you know, yeah, no, they don't give a shit about... run. I mean, run DMC for that kind of thing holds up relatively well. I mean... The Beastie Boys proves going ba 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 is pretty can be pretty fun, mm-hmm. um, but uh, no, I don't think that they listen to Run DMC. I went to a Run DMC concert when I was a teen. Mm-hmm. Me and Pete did, and did my get, mom. Did you get swords? Me and Pete and my mom. No, but I took my shoe off and had Run DMC sign it because I was wearing <laughs> uh, Adidas's. Whoa, the shell toes. Wow. Yeah, I was wearing shells. Cool. Took them off. Got that in my mom's basement somewhere. My Run DMC signed shoe. Oh yeah, but it mom was, still got them. It was an amazing show because it was at the it was a it was in Berkeley, and uh, it was Run DMC were like the headliners, and obviously many many mega hits. Run DMC, uh, Sugar Hill Gang was on, um, and they were just like they seemed like. Just like genial guys that worked at the rec center, mm-hmm. um, which I think is pretty much what they were. Like Run DMC, not musicians, just some guys who the record label owner's kid knew. <laughs> like the record label owner, legendary music person, and she was like, do you know anybody that could come and do that rap for us? And he like it's like a guy from the pizza place. So uh, yeah, Sugar Hill Gang, Total Zero. Uh, the real revelation of that show was Houdini, uh, the you know the hitmakers behind Friends and the Freaks Come Out at Night. Um, and when Houdini hit the stage in their leather hats and leather outfits, um, I have not having been to a Al Green concert, having been to. A D'Angelo concert when D'Angelo was cut. Uh, having been to an Usher concert, I have never seen women lose their shit like when Houdini hit the stage. Like Houdini came out and these aunties were fucking like 
tearing their clothes off, like throwing chocolate roses at the stage, crying. I had no idea that was part of Houdini's deal. None of that for Run DMC, much more successful musical artists. It was a fucking wild ass scene. The panties came off. Yeah. The, the panties, panties on the antes. Um wait, so we're we're kind of going around talking about our musical interests from high school. Mary Jane, what was what was yours? I was uh I hung out with all the guys who worked at the music store at Fred's Records and they would come and pick me up and we would drive around and hotbox their car and they would introduce me to whatever was out that week and it was a education like that was how I heard the last uh Temptation of Christ soundtrack. The first no. time was like again. You don't have to explain. Right. Listen, we all got that. fucked up in the mosh pit. <laughs> Hot boxing, <laughs> listening to Temptation of Christ. <laughs> the last Temptation of Christ. Soundtrack. Stoned out of my gourd, driving through like weird back roads and listening to that was crazy. But then um, some people call me pretentious. I was into the penultimate Temptation of Christ. <laughs> like the Much early better. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then just like uh, grunge, you know, I really loved all the grunge. That was my thing when I was a teenager. Yeah, that grunge is pretty neat. Yeah, it was good. It was real good. I loved, I loved Nirvana, and uh, you know, and then I moved to Seattle, and uh, you know, kind of got real into it for a while. Uh, I am listening to uh, on audiobook the Chuck Klosterman book about the '90s, and uh, you know, you think of. Nirvana is like that is the album of the 90s like that you know it defined the decade it uh you know it it changed culture but like that album sold 10 million copies the first Hootie and the Blowfish album sold 21 million copies no. wow. like Hootie and the Blowfish and like uh oh gosh Faith Hill are so much like more a 90s thing than Nirvana is anyway is that interesting it's wild. I'm very surprised by that. Yeah. I'm not surprised by it at all. I remember. And we were all crazy for cracked rear view. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say on the sword tip, though, all the guys I knew who had swords right. in high school, which was many of them, also mm. all had waterbeds. That seemed wow. like a Venn diagram. Sure. It was like if you had a sword, you also had a they waterbed. Like to, yeah, they like to tempt fate. Mm -hmm. They're like, this could go so wrong. <laughs> yeah, they, they like to sort of seem edgy. When I'm sleeping with my sword. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> really. Dangling above my waterbed. Sure, yeah. <laughs> what weapons do you sleep with, Jordan? <sighs> Just... Fist one and fist oh. two. <laughs> you better stay out of there. That's right. <laughs> Don't get in bed. <laughs> You're going to meet fist two. <laughs> oh, that's the warning shot? Fist. Well, fist one's a real sweetie. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so fist one is sort of like a gentle kiss. Oh, yeah. It's a good cop, bad cop situation. <laughs> oh, But right. with living fists. So <laughs> fist one maybe brings you a snack. Yeah. Like for something from the vending machine. And then Fist 2 tells you that your friend just sold you out, so yeah. you better sell him out. Mm -hmm. You know. I will read this comic book, Living Fists. Mm -hmm. It uh -huh. sounds tremendous. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and I could see both of your fists being animated on the cover, one being a sweetie and one being pretty badass. Jordan, I'm already booking tickets to the next Eisner Awards. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> I rode your coattails to get that a, other one. Get a and, seat now. Yeah. <laughs> This time we're closing the deal. That's right. <laughs> we're not going home in a nomination this time, not with Living Fist. No, Living Fist. <laughs> Hear that, Mark Russell, famous satirical comic writer who beat us? Oh, boo. I don't know who that is. Boo. He's great. He oh, really does a good job. Yeah, yeah, I mean, congrats, but. And has the same name as the PBS. Yeah, hear that, guy. Mark Russell, the recently deceased piano humorist. <laughs> <laughs> hear us in hell. <laughs> God, I'd feel so bad if Mark Russell's, can't... like, cool grandkids listen yeah. to Jordan We're Jessica. sorry. <laughs> sorry about Pop Pop. I, we, I did we laugh at that as a kid. Hell. I didn't. I didn't know. It was one of those things where when Mark Russell came on, I, it was a thing as a kid where I could tell it was a joke. I didn't understand it, but I liked it and wanted to laugh well, at it. Well, you laughed at anything Paul Tsongas. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh -huh. Anything about the Massachusetts senator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is so over my head. It's fantastic. Paul I'm learning Tsongas. words. I'm learning names. I have to insert here that I'm Canadian. I have no idea what you're talking about oh. at the time. <laughs> you would know Paul Tsongas as Jean Chrétien. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> what if someone helps. on PBS did song parodies about Jean Chrétien? Oh, this would be... Be on uh, this. This would be on Canadian public broadcasting. You don't have PBS there. Sure, the CBC. Well, the yeah, the CBC. What does the C stand for? Uh, corporation. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> cool people. 
Um, Jordan, did you have a high school job? I yeah, I had a couple of high school jobs. I worked at a toy store called the Play Company. Fun. Oh, and uh, I really liked that job because I got to like like they let me work the video game counter occasionally, so I could kind of like I loved like guiding a grandparent to the right video game. Sure. Uh, I go to the Dolphin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And so, yeah, I had that. I worked at Nordstrom for a summer. Does your grandchild like things that are metaphysical? <laughs> sure. <you would> ask. <laughs> yeah. Do they, you want something that's so hard they'll quit <laughs> playing it <laughs> because the rules aren't clear. <laughs> uh, yeah, I worked at Nordstrom. And then, yeah, those were my two high school jobs. You worked at Nordstrom in high school. I did, yeah. That's a, that's a good get. What was your job at Nordstrom? Oh, kids wear boys. Oh. So I sold a lot of time. Tiny cargo shorts and a little Tony Hawk shirt. So they figured you were old enough because you had you were ten years out of the kids wear boys section sure. at that point. Well, six well, or seven. I had a narrow waist, so <laughs> <laughs> I could still wear a little elastic cargo short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are my those are my high school jobs. Oh, that's lovely. Did you during um during your time at the video game place? Did you have to explain new systems that were coming out all of the time as well? Uh, or at the pl- at the uh, toy store video game section? Yeah, let's see. Did I, What new systems? Maybe I was there right when the PlayStation came out. So Tony Hawk was massive at that time. This was m- maybe Tony Hawk. Ma- yeah, m- maybe not quite. I think that came out when we were in college, right? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Yeah, I think we might have been like 18 when that came out, 19. So yeah. I wasn't. I, they had to take it away from me. Growing. Really? Yeah, I you had a problem. My first addiction. They're like, here, take this opium. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God, yeah, this is too much. A hundred percent. Man, a toy store sounds so. Do you fun. still? Do you still like the soundtracks? The Tony Hawk soundtracks? Oh yeah. Uh, what? I, that's where I learned about that song, Ace of Spades. Oh yeah, sure. Which I think is like a great bar song. If you have a jukebox it nearby, really yeah, you can. You yeah, will you nail cannot. It. You can't do too much worse than uh, too much better than Ace of Spades. Mm-mm. When I interviewed Lemmy for my show, no, uh, it was at South by Southwest, and they said we will allow you to interview him as early as we are able to, which was two p.m. And he just wandered in out of bed and just they just handed him a bottle of whiskey. Wow. <laughs> just handed him, go. just put it down in front of him, the bottle. Uh, and then he was just Lemmy. It was d- fucking wild. It was bananas. I mean, I obviously, like culturally, no super deep connection with him other than that he was so obviously him and that they just handed him booze as soon as he wandered out of his hotel room so he could function yeah exactly the only ever the only time i ever saw motorhead was at bumbershoot in seattle at at about 2 p.m on a saturday afternoon with a lot they were on a double bill with band of horses right (laughs) (laughs) it was just like no one's happy tour (laughs) (laughs) little kids twirling and blowing bubbles in the front row and uh, yeah boy they didn't stay on stage very long it was not great wow yeah uh i feel like I need to. I want to. I want to explain myself. Can I explain? Can I explain myself? Let uh, me explain myself. Can I interject here for a second, Jordan? Yes. Do you mind if I take this opportunity to ask you if you would to explain yourself? I would love to explain myself. It's all I want. It's right. what I want most in the world. Um, when we were when we were organizing this, when we were saying like, "Hey, we got this 420 show. We've been wanting to have Weed and Grub on. Why don't we get him for the 420 show?" I also suggested, "I'm like, hey, Matt, producer." Email him and tell him we want to, like, try an edible on the show. Yeah. I realize that it's kind of fucked up to say, hey, come on our show and then also bring something for us. Bring yeah. us a little treat. But I, if I remember the live show I did with y'all at SF Sketchfest, you guys get a shit ton of freebies, right? I hope these are from the freebie pile. Are they? The macarons were actually a birthday gift that I decided to share with you all. Oh, because wow. it was such a special treat. Uh, you know, so we brought our best. Um, but yeah, we, we do have piles and piles and piles of weed. But I, I didn't want to say anything when you re-gifted my gift to you to the entire place, (laughs) but you know, I'm so happy that you loved it. Yeah. I got a container of promotional marijuana in the mail recently from Mm. a podcast that was pitching itself for Max Fun, Rival Marijuana Podcast. Oh Oh. dear. 
And um, we won't say their name. The one Obama does with Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't I don't smoke marijuana. And so I gave it to our friend Ben Harrison Ooh. for helping me move an exercise bike. That's really nice. Yeah. Maybe that's the beauty of 420 as a holiday. Just like oh, yeah. giving and sharing and mm. hanging, right? I think that's what it is. Yeah, and moving exercise equipment. <laughs> yeah, <100%. laughs> the only way to do that is very high. The gift of spin. The sure. Best. <laughs> How long did it take to get all the clothes off of the exercise bike before? <laughs> hey, <laughs> give me the chocolate nobody gets hurt, I said. <laughs> you guys want to uh, clean off our exercise bikes and then come back and wrap it up? We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. La, 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 la. Since we reached our highest milestone during the Max Fun Drive, we are creating a Max Fun Foley library full of sound effects from your favorite hosts. The whole Max Fun community will be able to use it. So, what would you like it to feature? People high fiving? Walking through mud? Chicken clucking? Jazz kazoo? Head to maximumfun.org/foley. That's MaximumFun.org slash F-O-L-E-Y and submit your ideas. We're excited to make this silly thing together and even more excited to see what you all create with it. And thank you again for a great Max Fun Drive. Hey, beautiful people. I am your favorite authoress, Trayvell Anderson, of We See Each Other, a black trans journey through TV and film. You know this is supposed to be a promo for our show, Fanti, and not your book, right? It's called Multitasking. I can't with you right now. Trayvell and I have an <laughs> award-winning show called Fanti that we both host, and it's a podcast where we dig into the complex and complicado mm-hmm. conversations about the gray areas in our lives. Perhaps there is a public figure of some sort, and you're like, oh, that person's so smart and so charming, but you're also like, oh, that person gets on my nerves. Okay, okay. You can catch us every week right here on Max Fun or wherever you get your Slayworthy audio. And you can watch us on the YouTube every Friday. That's Fanti. F-A-N-T-I. La, 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 la. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the king of drugs. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mike Glazer, the biggest slip nut. <laughs> Mary Jane Gibson, the cookie high. Uh, are you guys experiencing cookie highness? Yes. I'm yes. high. Yeah, I can feel it in like under my skin and in my face. <laughs> <laughs> we should explain that you rolled the cookie up in uh in red and blue opium, yes. Opium, 100%. yeah. And yeah. then put it through your grinder. So that's probably what you're experiencing. Yeah, uh why did you all pass? That was such a interesting choice when I offered. I know, I know, but at the, at the end of the day, it's not green opium. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best for me. Yeah, I'm not really feeling it, but I am going to shut down and watch an episode of Bob's Burgers on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Is that okay with you guys? <laughs> I can always tell when my eyes get smaller. You know, my my eyes get tiny and my smile gets bigger. <laughs> It was a nice macaron. It was a nice maca- macaron. Yeah. Anyway. Do you remember that DC Pearson tweet? To, yo, G go to macarons. I do. One? Jesus fun... Christ. Let's all remember I tweets think, anyway. You know, yes. <laughs> well, Let's all go around yeah. and say uh, our favorite okay. tweets. I just want to say, now that Twitter's over, that was the best tweet ever. Sure. It wins. Um, Weed and Grub is such a good podcast. I've been on it a couple of times. I've had a blast both of the times, we did a live show at Sketchfest and someone proposed, like during the Q&A, like a fan jumped on stage and proposed. To a sandwich? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> a living sandwich. Um, have you checked up on that relationship? Have they tied the knot? Is it one of these five-year engagements? Um, uh, one, I would just like to say that truly happened. It was it real. It really happened. Yeah. yeah. We all lost our minds. And um, afterwards, they've been jet-setting, excuse me, all over Europe um, together. So they're staying in hostels and they're seeing the world together while engaged. Really beautiful. Yeah. Um, That was a wild, wild moment. Um, Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. Because she just came on stage and grabbed the microphone and turned around and got on one knee. It was very cool. That is unbelievable. And 
I think the part that is most incredible to me about this is the idea of proposing, not just at your, but at a matinee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not even. Yeah. Because you're going to spend the rest of the night getting it on. Holy cow, is that what I was supposed to Yeah. I've been married for, wait a minute. Dude, you got to get it on. <laughs> you propose at 420. Yeah. <laughs> then you eat. Can you I eat. ask you guys, I don't know if you guys are married, but should I be? Getting it. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I don't know, man. I'm not the boss of you, but okay. I think you should be getting it out. Uh, I gotta send my wife a quick text. <laughs> Honey, I love you. Should we get it on? <laughs> how do you get that across in text? I wonder. How do you get that? I use the button that you know how when you're trying to send your text, you always hit that button that makes the little wave things go up and down. Yeah. That's how I did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so it really says, get it on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And you drew a picture of a waveform with your finger to illustrate that for the home listener. Uh, yes, because I panicked with me joining in on the bit vocally, so I wanted to add something to it because I was very scared to join in. Well, you also, know what? A few yeah. times I've emailed Mary Jane asking her to say, <laughs> get it on. <laughs> it also clarified it for me because I don't. I didn't know what was going on. Okay. Well, it's what happens is once you get married, mm-hmm. two people love each other a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they both enjoy this. They, they, they both enjoy the same weed podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was crazy. It was also um, it was also wild because then you had to do a second podcast after our yeah, podcast. Yeah, so that's we did our Jordan Jesse Go episode. Mm-hmm. Um that uh but yeah, I was still a little bit stoned from Weed and Grub. Sorry, Kevin McDonald of the Kids in the Hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which is like so cool. I didn't I'm not I don't understand Canadian humor really at all. Mm-hmm. Like it's just right. tune in to Weed and Grub, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Mike never laughing at my jokes. Yeah, I, a lot of blank stares and a lot of sure. oh, oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting. Jean Chrétien, you say. Is that some sort of Paul Songus like figure? You actually did say to me the other day, is that your idea of a joke? <laughs> I did say that. And I said yes. Wait, at Mary Jane, as a Canadian, are you What's your connection to the kids in the hall? Oh, my God. When I listened to that episode and I heard Kevin McDonald on your show, I was just all a, all a flutter, all yeah. a Twitter. Grew up on kids in the hall. Four on the floor first, which was, you know, a lesser known wow. sketch group. All right. But uh, kids in the hall was everything to me. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't know that deep comedy nerd I reference. Don't either. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> Do you know it? No, but I was going to say something about this hour has 27 minutes or whatever that one's called. <laughs> Mark Critch on this hour has 22 minutes like those are all Newfoundlanders and they are comedy royalty where I'm from and they're all we we all know each other that's the crazy thing if you're from Newfoundland so Mark Critch if you're listening so some of the funniest comedians and one of the funniest dogs (laughs) yeah (laughs) I know like so many people who have done a play with a kid in the hall really yeah like a theater play like a yeah I guess like they go they go back to Canada and they do some plays yeah that's wild I wish I could do that they were people People go to Canada and like Keanu goes to Canada and does plays sometimes. Really? Yeah, he, he did Hamlet. John Wick plays? Yes. Plays about <laughs> John Wick? Yes, exactly. How is that possible? There's like what 385 words in the list. Most yeah, recent John Wick. I was going to say that's an eight-page play. <laughs> <laughs> but have you seen Barishnikov dance? That's what that's it's true. like. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, that's a half of a one act. So. Yeah. What's the now? Hold on. We talked about the sandwiches. What's the grub part of the wheat and grub? Oh my gosh, uh, a couple things. It's very tricky to answer. We both met over a stoned lunch to see if we wanted to make something together. And props to Mary Jane because I knew I could trust her because she. We each got dessert at lunch, which meant oh, yeah. like you know, that was yeah. real, real nice. Yeah. God, I gotta start getting dessert at lunch. Fuck, that sounds great. Don't yeah. miss out. We all might die tomorrow. Get dessert. You oh man, what? we are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm glad you didn't take that other hand. <laughs> Jordan, I think that uh, you'll learn to get that dessert at lunch when you have someone to get it with, someone who loves you, looks up to you, a <laughs> uh, young person who shares half your DNA, mm-hmm. a little fella um, who calls you pops. <clears throat> 
Excuse me. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> you know you need unique New York. Okay. <laughs> focus, focus, focus. Okay, it's fine. You can just say it every week. It's fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's funny. People like it. Okay. I gotta get a son. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? Uh, I'm working on it. Okay, there we go. There it is. <laughs> People are going ape shit like they were at uh, SoFi Bank Stadium watching Slipknot. <laughs> that maybe happened during the break. Sorry. Um, well, it has been a joy to have both of you on the program. We're very grateful. Weed and Grub is the name of the podcast. Um, and uh, how about this? Our producer on Jordan, Jesse, go Matt Lieb. Uh, our theme music, Love You by The Free Design. Our thanks to The Free Design and to their label, Light in the Attic Records. You can find us on social media at MaximumFun.reddit.com, uh, where we can chat about different uh, stuff that happened on this episode. Uh, on Twitter, uh, at Jordan, Jesse, go. On Facebook, at Facebook.com slash Jordan, Jesse, go. On Instagram, at Jordan David Morris and at put.this.on. And we will talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.